Welcome to Middle Movers, a podcast for entry and mid-level marketers who want to learn from people on the same rung of the ladder. I'm your host, Khadija, and I'm a growth marketer at Manchester-based Six and Flow. Thanks for tuning in. much for tuning in for another episode of Middle Movers Podcast. I have with me today Pallavi Singh from Phonolo um, and she is a growth marketing manager there. Welcome Pallavi. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, really appreciate it. I'm so excited. Good. How is life? How are things going for you? Life is good. I mean, pretty much the same thing every day but it's good. <laughs> yeah, consistency is is not the worst thing at this yeah. time. It's kind of nice to slow down a bit. Yeah. No commute. You can get your coffee anytime you want. Make your meals. I can work out in the middle of the day during lunch. It's great. Yes. I've been thinking about doing that too, doing like the lunchtime workouts as a nice change up. And are you enjoying yeah. that? It's nice. I'm definitely not consistent with it, but okay. I want to try going for walks either during lunch or like doing some sort of some form of exercise because otherwise I just don't do it it gets dark and then I don't want to go outside after dark because it's cold yeah um and so I feel like lunch or like the morning time is the best time to do it definitely but I am not a morning person so we'll see lunchtime is the goal lunchtime is the goal man the morning walk could be good though I walk every morning well mostly because we have a dog but in general it's just a nice start to the day to get some fresh air and yeah just like gets me in the right headspace for the workday I find so yeah I saw someone who I follow just recently posted about this thing she's been doing but as soon as she wakes up she Mm -hmm. rolls out of bed it goes outside and goes for a walk and I was like that sounds like the perfect morning routine it just like would get you away gets you outside you get your exercise in you get your steps in yeah I don't know maybe I'll try that get your vitamin D no problem yes (laughs) So let's dive right into it. Before we get into like the nitty gritty, you know, talking about marketing and all of that good stuff, we'd love if you could share with the folks a few fun facts about yourself. I've been saying three, but if you have more than three or less than three, more. Such a pressure. (laughs) This is like the hardest question for me to answer, I swear. Perfect. Um, I prepared for this one. (laughs) So I would say, fun fact about me is that I have a very healthy obsession with white sneakers like like too many I buy too many but I love them so much I wear them all so that's one um I was born in Newfoundland so I'm a Newfie that that one always throws people off which is funny I always forget Uh, that yeah it's it's random and even though I'm in marketing I studied health size so I'm very much into like the healthcare self-care world nice those are all good ones and ones I didn't I didn't know what you're gonna share. Like for those who don't know, which I feel like most people listening don't know, <laughs> Palvi and I go way back to I don't know, I think we met when did you start the school in high school or did you come before high school? Yeah, no, I came in grade nine for okay. that singular year. So we've known each other for like ten years ish. Oh my give or take ten, eleven years. <laughs> which wow. is crazy now that we've done the math. I just realized that. I really love that for us. Me too. We're still here. Now we're, yeah, we're really still here. Now we're doing business things together. It's oh, 
Look at our relationship flourishing. Yes. I'm so proud of us. Yes, me too. I got to know about the white sneakers. I know you had an obsession, but how many pairs are currently in the rotation? Uh, <laughs> if you know. <laughs> I want to say, like, how many I wear on a day-to-day? <laughs> Only one at a time. Or maybe you change like, throughout the day. I think I wear probably, like, four in rotation right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it's winter, and you have to have winter sneakers, you know? I guess. Um, yeah, but I won't even disclose how many I have because it's embarrassing. If there's too many, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but I will leave that one I alone do, then. I do have a thing where if I buy a new one, I want to sell another one that I have so not to like continue growing it. At least I'm kind of recycling them, okay? Yeah, so you have like your set number then that you have to have in your wardrobe. And you want to say that. <laughs> That's what I'm learning. I sound nuts. <laughs> not at all. I only have one pair for now but that's because i also like i wear them into the ground and then i'm just like mm-hmm. i haven't found like it's not the same ordering shoes online you know i want to like go into a shoe store and yeah. really have that experience of like walking around them make sure they're comfortable so i usually just like yeah, yeah. once i wear out a pair i'll get the same ones because i know yeah. that they fit but i want to venture out converse. yeah those you can't go wrong with not at all classics um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing for work? Yeah. So I manage growth marketing at a small tech company, and they specialize in callback solutions for the contact center. So what that means is that if you call somewhere that has a long wait time, uh, they're the service that allows you to hit one, and they'll give you a call back instead of you having to wait on hold. Nice. So really awesome. Uh, it's definitely the norm in other countries so mm-hmm. I think they have some great opportunity to take over some more market share here um, and then on the day-to-day I'm kind of responsible for things around sales enablement uh, lead gen activities lots of analysis around database and campaign stuff mm-hmm. uh, buyer personas things like marketing optimization all that good stuff nice and what would you say out of like everything that you do on the day-to-day you enjoy most if you had to pick something? Yeah. Um, I think I like doing a lot of the sales enablement stuff because within that there's, I mean, it's just an umbrella for a lot of stuff, but I think there's a lot of creativity and optimization within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like my favorite part of marketing in itself is just like the creativity behind it. So I'm able to look at who we're trying to who we're trying to get in front of and mm-hmm. think about the most creative way to get in front of them. So my role is I have a lucky I'm lucky to be in this role because there's a lot of experimentation mm-hmm. um, and that's where I really thrive and just looking at I like the numbers side of my role too. So it's fun to be creative, put something out there that's cool that we've never done before and then look and see how it worked, what didn't work and then continue trying. There's just like so much iteration. I I feel like that's the most exciting part. That's awesome. And I I completely agree with that since we're both on the growth marketing side too. I definitely see (laughs) the exact parallels between what you're doing and what I'm doing. And yeah, I love, yeah, being able to be creative and still have that part of it while also, yeah, looking at the numbers and kind of seeing the impact of those different experiments and and different iterations of things. So I would Mm -hmm. agree and co-sign that statement (laughs) for sure. And what about um, before you landed here? Um, like, what were you doing before? And do you find that um, looking back at your previous role that there's any crossover? Or is it kind of a whole different 
different lane that you're in now in marketing, would you say? Yeah. So what I was doing before was more on like the digital marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. So I kind of played a part uh, in events, digital marketing, a little bit of comms, and then I specialized in digital marketing. So that looked like a lot of paid ads, SEO strategies, um, working with sales to implement an ABM strategy. Uh, So I was really deep in the weeds of social media in digital marketing. Um, What I really liked about that role was that there was a a good amount of objective kind of sides of my roles. Mm -hmm. And that's where I like to float around. And so the crossover there is that like I'm still working really heavily on the numbers side of things. um, And I still work closely on the sales enablement side of things as well. So I think that's sort of what has crossed over. I think some other crossover that I've recently recognized is that there's a concept of customer demand and experience Mm. being king. And I mean, like you see that especially within our generation too. Like we expect things to be done fast, efficiently when we want it. Right. Um, And so at my previous gig, there was was very much uh, a concept of, they were an AI company. Um, there's very much a concept of like AI or die. So if you don't have automation in place yesterday, you're behind. Mm. And the same goes here. Like if you don't have callback set up in your company yesterday, it's not long. You're already behind. So I think the theme of getting ahead of that and like matching customer experience and demand has Mm -hmm. crossed over a bunch. So I think it's been helpful to transition too, because there are strategies, strategies that we implemented there that I can bring over too. Nice. That's awesome. It's glad, like, even though, like, now that you started, or rather that you started in digital marketing before, now you're kind of more on the growth side. It's good that you've been able to take skills from a previous role and really build on them, but using them in a different way. So I think that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a journey. (laughs) The journey. Speaking of journeys, so you mentioned for folks at the beginning that you, you know, started off and you studied health sciences, Mm -hmm. and then now you've ended up in marketing so I won't ask what necessarily made you want to go into marketing but would love to hear about your journey and like how you ended up on the marketing path from studying health science in the first place yeah I feel like uh for most people Mm -hmm. it's not a linear path at all and for me it was it was the same so uh I always thought that I was going to do something science related something healthcare related Mm -hmm. um but in high school I went to this program called Shad Valley I don't know if you're familiar with it Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember. You remember it? Yeah. It's basically, in a nutshell, it's a nerd camp. It's a STEM-based entrepreneurship program. Uh, You build a product. You pitch it to a board. Really cool. It's a competition. Mm -hmm. Um, So that sparked my interest in entrepreneurship and business and all of that. Right. But I still went into health health sciences. So at the nearing the end of school of university I was Mm -hmm. like I don't think I really want to go down the traditional paths of healthcare so like maybe let's try business let's like see what's out there see if I like it because I know that there's something that that intrigued me ever since that program right so I just basically talked to everybody I knew that was in some sort of field that might be interesting to me so for for me that was like uh I really was interested in tech I was interested in um, companies like that orient around fashion and beauty and lifestyle. So mm-hmm. magazines were a really cool place for me to look at. Um, and I just talked to them about their experience. Where do, where did they think I should start knowing what I know? 
right. and generally I got the theme that marketing is really central to a company always. They work with every department. They are able to learn the most about kind of what goes on mm-hmm. uh, within the company at any time because they have to know to be able to market appropriately. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll look into marketing. Then I basically spammed everybody that I knew and was like, please let me know if you know of any companies that are hiring. I can intern. Uh, I would love to just work for a few months, see what it's like, and then maybe I can specialize into something else. So that's exactly what happened. I landed an internship at uh, a tech SaaS company. Um, I shadowed marketing all the departments for a few months. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned into full-time there. Um, so I think it was an experience <laughs> to yeah. learn how to pitch myself based off of only transferable skills because I didn't have experience in marketing. I didn't have experience in digital marketing or events or comms or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was really like a game on just how to pitch myself properly to the right people to show them that, Sure, I don't have experience in this specific field, but I can get it done. Like, I am competent. I have all these skills that can transfer and can help and mm-hmm. can really lend to the success of this role. Um, so I feel like a tip there is just you don't have to limit yourself to what you're studying. Um, yeah. Studying in a field to is different to where you end up working is not a big deal. I do, obviously, like... A bit of your background but it's nice now that it's out there for other folks to take lessons from and even for myself getting into marketing uh, when I was finishing up my master's like I hadn't done any specific marketing roles or copywriting or anything like that and I just started reaching out to companies as well or even if I saw specifically like small smaller companies that had like a team page or something and I saw they didn't have anybody you know, really working in marketing or focus on copywriting or anything like that. Those are the people I reached out to first. And that was how I landed my first job. So definitely it's a good skill to build up because even as you're going through your career, if you're interviewing, like you're still pitching yourself, selling yourself. So it's something to, you know, hone in on early and really, yeah, try to build up that skill set around that. And yeah, the things you've learned in school, even if you're not taking that program, you can definitely still yeah, see kind of parallels between other fields and how you can make yourself self useful. And also, I think by picturing yourself and being transparent about the fact that you don't have experience in a certain area also shows that you're willing to learn and that you therefore are teachable and people want folks that are teachable to be on their team so that they can be open to new ideas, yeah. new concepts, be willing to try new things. Like I think all those things are imp- important, especially in marketing. So Totally. I think... Like mm-hmm. one of the bigger tips that I have on getting your first job, especially if you haven't studied in the, in the field, is mm-hmm. just learn how to sell yourself. Like say it out loud a bunch of times, do mock interviews with other people. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest selling point you have is that like you're hungry and you're willing to do the work. You're willing to have a big learning curve because that was that was inevitable for me. Right. Uh, just having a learning curve of something of a whole new field that you have no idea about, but you can do it, you know? Um, and there's, there's something about just being honest about what you know, too. Like, like you said, you don't need to know everything. Nobody's really expecting that. And in any role I've interviewed for too, Mm -hmm. nobody's expecting me to know everything that I'm about to do. They just are expecting 
that I have a solid thought process, that mm. I can do research, that I don't need to be handheld, um, and that like I could do it if I was put up to the task. Yeah, I think that's important too. And I've, I've found like, yeah, interviewing over the years, it's not even just like having the right answer. It's just like, how do you think about this concept and just being able to explain yourself and elaborate on yeah how your mind works it's something so important and being able to articulate that is something that folks out there who may be you know job hunting or looking for their next role something to definitely put time into I would agree yeah mm-hmm. and I think something else that maybe took me some time to recognize mm-hmm. um was that when you're starting and you don't always know if you're new to a field you you still don't need to you don't need to underestimate what you're worth too because right. just because you don't know exactly what's going on, and maybe some other folks did go to school for this, they did do a marketing degree or went to a, a prestigious business school, and maybe you didn't. Like, mm-hmm. you you aren't undervalued because of that. So I think it was important for me to note and have those really solid mentors in my life to tell me that early on, mm-hmm. um, so that you can negotiate the proper value for your time, for your, the effort that you're spending. Um, otherwise, it's really easy to just succumb to imposter syndrome and everybody Mm -hmm. deals with it I deal with it every day uh otherwise it's just so easy to to kind of get in that rut and not know or think that you're not worth as much as your peers around you who have more experience or have gone to school for it or whatnot yeah I think that's really important too and yeah I think that's definitely something that's widespread especially with folks that especially during this time of the pandemic maybe um they've lost jobs and you know that can definitely impact someone's self-esteem or even if they're just like thinking about stepping back and you know what they want next for themselves in their career and then they want to venture into a new field but think that they don't have the experience or the know-how or the transferable skills or whatever the case is um it could be hard to overcome that um it definitely is partly mindset but also there are a, Mm -hmm. a ton of other factors that go into it too so yeah with you there for sure and now that you've you know kind of had your reins on marketing for a while what's making you want to get up every day and still do marketing and and stick with that path at least for for now anyway Mm -hmm. I think I think it kind of goes back to the creativity aspect of it Mm -hmm. Um, I like marketing because there's a ton of creativity and there's there's equally as much objective stuff within it so as creative as I can be I can still monitor it very closely to see what works what doesn't work I also like that specifically for the strategies that I'm working on right now Mm -hmm. there's a huge psychology side of it so it's wondering who are these people what do they want to see what would make them want to purchase what are their pain points kind of just fully understanding who the person is which I really like because I like to operate in a really empathy first kind of approach to things. I like to take that approach. So Mm -hmm. it works really well. I find it just so interesting to learn so much about the people in our industry. So I feel like I'm always learning. Um, And especially for our roles, you probably know this too, is that experimentation is part of it. So Mm -hmm. uh, not letting perfect be the enemy of the good is really key. Um, So not everything needs to be perfect. You can fail forward all the time. Failing is such uh, a common thing in this kind of role. Um, and so it's nice to have the flexibility mm-hmm. and have a great team that supports you and just have a really cool product that you want to you want to work for, you want to share with people. So I think that's what kind of gets me up every day. 
Wow. I really love what you said there about not letting perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, because, yeah, you're not necessarily going to get it right the first time, even if it's something that you've tried before, perhaps in a different role, or you've just seen other folks talk about, you know, previous experiments that have been tried before you maybe even joined the organization. Um, things have changed over time and things change very quickly. So, you know, we can't always expect the same outcome and being open to experimentation is definitely key in a growth role mm -hmm. in particular, I find. So totally. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, you spent time in digital marketing, you spent time in growth. Um, are those the areas of marketing that you feel that you're most interested in or are there other areas that you're hoping to explore? And if it's the case that you you know, are definitely like, these are the areas that I hope to continue on with, or if you're hoping to try a different area of marketing, um, what's kind of led you to that point? Mm -hmm. I think digital was great for me uh, because it served as a solid starting point and I got to understand what what parts of it I really like and what parts of it I don't. So for right. me, the parts that I don't are the parts that are really subjective. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I'm not a great writer like you. So I don't love coming Thanks. up with captions every day for social posts. Right. Um, I don't love coming up with the taglines for campaigns. But what I do really like are the numbers side of things. I like experimenting. Mm -hmm. I like being able to, to be close to uh, close to a customer. So the, the, the parts that I really like about the role I'm in right now is that I get to work really closely with sales mm. and be involved in some of those conversations that uh, influence marketing strategies. So I can say, hey, can you ask them if they would be interested in something like this? Right. And it very quickly can come back to me. So I really like that part. So I don't think that there's necessarily another area that I would love to explore outside of this right now. Mm -hmm. I think I just know, or maybe it's something that I don't know of yet, but I, I know the parts that I like of marketing and I would know the parts that I don't. And I would just aim to keep those consistent across wherever I move. That's awesome. Yeah. I also like, um, like in this role that I'm in as well, just being able to work right alongside sales. So like the way that we're set up basically is that we have a growth team. So there's, two of us on the marketing side and then the remainder is sales and sales solutions and we touch base every day um it's really yes. easy to keep on top of you know what sort of pain points clients are having prospects are having and you know being able to yeah influence the strategy and also just kind of expedite assets based on what folks are in need of it's just nice to have that connection and it, it makes my job not only easy, but also I just feel like I'm getting such insight into what other folks are doing, which I think mm -hmm. helps me to think more about what it is that, like kind of anticipate what could be needed based on kind of patterns or trends that I'm seeing in terms of like, yeah, what kind of pain points or needs people are presenting to us. So yeah, I yeah, think that's I, so good. I love that part of our role is that like mm -hmm. you kind of get to, you very much hover over two teams like marketing and sales and so you get a lot of insight in between both and then sales talks to engineering sales talk to product so it, it feels very cool that you're not you're not just solely within one department yeah, you're exactly. always learning about other sides of the company and like where you can sort of fill any gaps to increase any sales or leads or pipeline or whatnot yeah exactly so we were talking a bit or i just mentioned kind of about learning about trends and, and all of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, and then when you kind of look at, you know, marketing and 
even just things that we've seen over the last year i keep bringing up you know things that we saw in 2020 but i'm also trying to leave 2020 behind a little bit yeah, same. Um, <laughs> but i'd love to know what you're based on what you've seen in this early part of the year what kind of predictions you have about marketing um mm -hmm. yeah what kind of things you're hoping to see more of yeah um something that's kind of come up recently and i'm sure you've heard of it too but it's clubhouse oh yeah um, and so like i feel like that is something that is going is it's a little undervalued right now but it's something mm. that could totally boom over this year uh i recently just started to listen to people and companies that i followed for a long time or i look up to mm. and i just think it's podcasting on steroids like it's direct access to the networks that you typically wouldn't be able to get into otherwise Right. Um, and you can just be a fly on the wall or you could ask questions. It's just it's an unparalleled access to those kinds of individuals if you're in the right rooms or whatnot. But mm -hmm. definitely. I love the concept of it. Uh, I love how easy the access is. And it, it's it just seems like a really great platform to share ideas. And recently, like our CEO just joined a clubhouse and spoke on it mm -hmm. uh, with other call center leaders. And it's it's a rare opportunity to talk in the same room as your competitors and just right. talk so openly and freely about what's going on, what you think is going to be a trend for the year, um, how you solved X solution or X problems. Sorry. Um, so I think that's a big trend and I think it's something that uh, everybody should get on. And I know there's like some weird exclusivity factor about it right now. So hopefully once that lifts, more people can get on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great one. Yeah, I definitely think that's one to watch as well. Um, I recently joined it probably about a month ago. And on our end, we've done like a couple of rooms that um, have either followed um, one of our webinar series. So we have like a how to sell to me webinar where we're getting like um, decision makers to basically come on and talk about what they've enjoyed about some sales processes that they've been through, you know, things to not do. Um, and just in general, um, just like things that they've found can be learnings for folks even though like they might not be in a sales role themselves like just seeing how different departments are thinking about their decision making process and just kind of sharing that mm. information um so after one of them we had like a basic continuation of that so if people wanted to stay on after the webinar they could kind of ask those direct questions and then oh, also so nice. yeah um and then also we've done one where it's just like us on the marketing side we're just running it and we call them like the growth talks and then there's like a different topic mm. and then yeah, just like inviting different clients that we've had or people that we have relationships with and obviously people in our own personal clubhouse networks to just join in and talk about marketing, like ask those questions or and just talk about company growth in general. So I definitely think that it can pick up more. Like I feel like the attendance hasn't necessarily been great all the time, but there's still yeah. so much that can come from it. And I definitely agree with what you said about podcasting on steroids. Um, and I also like the option that even though, yeah, you have to use your phone to access it, like you don't have to be just staring at a screen like you would be for yeah. a webinar. You can just kind of passively listen. And if you do have a question, you can weigh in. I think it's a nice way to take in and exchange information for sure. So I'm yeah. with you there. And I'm always interested on in, like how companies started. Like, how did you get the idea? How did you iterate? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that content's there. Whereas it's, it's hard to find that stuff unless you're paid for a trade show, you've gone to an event and you're hearing these founders or whoever speak on a panel. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, because of the fact that there's so much more reach with a 
with um, a platform like that, people are being so much more open about the information that they're sharing because they're hoping that it can pick up and, you know, it can lead to different things or just even building up that brand awareness piece. Like, even if there's no conversion (laughs) from it, like, that's still important. Like, word of mouth is still so important. And I think that's a great way to to execute on that. So Um, outside of your nine to five, um, what do you do to improve with your craft and marketing? It could be like, you know, either something you do that's like directly or explicitly marketing related, or is there something even that you do as a hobby that kind of influences your work or how you think about things? Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, I think for me, since I really like the creativity aspect of it, mm-hmm. I follow or I just like keep my eye out for a lot of those cool campaigns that come out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen them from like Nike or Adidas or whatnot, or even just the smaller ones. Yeah. I love looking out for those campaigns and just like seeing how they're executed, seeing how different campaigns are executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like let's say for different launches, people do the launches very differently across the board. Um, and yes. I'm always interested in like, what kind of strategy did you take for it? So just keeping out, keeping an eye out for that podcasts are another big one. Um, I loved listening to the other episodes of this podcast too. So I recommend everybody do it. It's just nice to hear what everybody else is up to, especially in like your own industry or in your own, um, kind of ranking too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and then like, we have a bunch of softwares that we use. And I think if you get time, like looking at the kind of, uh, academy side of it, like the, like, let's say for HubSpot, they have HubSpot Academy. Mm -hmm. There's so many good resources on there that I always just want to keep learning more about it, but it's hard to find the time definitely. So I think when, Mm -hmm. when I want to really go hard and like learn something completely new, I'll I'll go to some of those academy kind of things. Other than that, it's pretty organic, like within my feeds that I've curated within the newsletters I've subscribed to stuff like that. Right. Do you have a favorite newsletter that you read? Um, oh, what's the name of one I just signed up for? Um, Put you on the spot okay, here. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I have this is a lot of pressure. Uh, what's it called? Okay, ask me another question. And when I find it, I'll I'll tell you. I'm looking through my email. <laughs> okay, sounds good. We like this, the live look at the email. <laughs> um, that's cool. I think it's nice that I feel like you're doing things that are field specific, but they don't sound like things that are taxing you like you're not like oh I have to read like this specific business book or I'm only listening to marketing podcasts like probably that makes its way in there but it's nice that you have a variety of media that you're using to kind of learn things and even just like having that visual stimulation of looking at how people are presenting launches of products or just like in general campaigns like I think you can get so much inspiration from that even if it's not like a company that's doing that in your field like you can still get inspiration from how you might want to do something one day. So I think that's really important, taking up the visual cues. No one's really said that yet, so yeah, I like that one. Oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> um, okay, the one that I've subscribed to is called yes. The Morning Brew. It's not oh, okay. marketing specific or anything. It just is like a good overview of what's going on in the world. And they usually have, they do a good job of, of pointing out the things that have gone really well um in okay. companies so if there's like a really viral campaign or something they'll usually look it in there so that's why i like it but it also explains like a bunch of other things in the world that's what's going on so it's, it's like a one-stop shop for all the info that i need hmm. um yeah it's cool i like that and is it just um is it just like text stuff or is there video included how 
They yeah, there's images, there's videos, there's always like a little quiz at the bottom. Nice. There's yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Get your morning crossword in or whatever. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's awesome. Um, you've already shared quite a few tips in terms of, you know, actually getting into a role that you're hoping for, even if you don't have direct experience, but do you have any other kind of advice or sage wisdom, as I call it, um, mm-hmm. that you'd like to put out there for folks that are either thinking about going into marketing or might be looking for that next move in marketing? I think a big one is uh, understanding that like you don't always need to know what you want to do next. Mm-hmm. I would say look at every role holistically and look at what parts do you like, what parts do you don't like. Then try and find a job that includes majority of the things that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most of the job description are the things that you really like to do, or you things that you would want to do. Uh, don't be limited by a job description. Uh, nobody's really expecting you to know how to do every single thing on that job description, too. Yeah. Um, and just like having confidence in yourself, you. I mean, I'm a big believer of fake it till you make it. <laughs> Uh, especially when you, for me coming from LSI into marketing, yeah, you definitely have to just like have confidence in, in that you're capable of doing what they're asking you to do. Uh, so that's a big part of it. Um, I'd say those are my tips for, for finding a job. Maybe once you're in it, uh, being able to manage up, uh, especially in, in like the middle management role, mm-hmm. there might be somebody, I mean, there's always somebody above you. And there's, there might be somebody below you. Mm-hmm. So being able to manage up and down appropriately, I think managing up is important because you always, you always want to set expectations and be honest about those expectations. So I think that's important. And I, I heard somewhere, and it's always stuck with me, but like the key to managing up and the key to making making sure that you're feeling secure in your role and that you're doing the best you can is mm-hmm. trying to do as much as you can to make your boss, your boss's life easier. Um, and so that's, that's something that's like always stayed with me actually. Um, okay. And it's helpful because when I'm doing my work, I'm like, okay, maybe I could ask for help in this, but maybe I could just figure it out by myself. And then that would make my boss's life easier. And in return, that would reflect really well on you. Um, and so once you kind of get into that mindset, your work becomes indispensable. And that's the kind of goal that you want to be striving towards, to be indispensable in a company. Um, and I think within marketing, mm-hmm. that's hard to do. And I mean, you've seen too, but when push comes to shove, marketing is typically the first kind of department that is shut out. And yeah. so you have to find ways that are indispensable to the company. And whether that's through different tactics, whether it's through your, uh, the way you work, um, mm-hmm. whether it's through like the projects you're involved in, I think that's key. Um, and just like having confidence in yourself that you can do it all. Yeah. I think those are my biggest tips. What do you think? What are yours? What are mine? I like this, the flip around. Um, <laughs> so first I'm going to agree with, um, what you said around trying to make your boss's life easier. I've never heard it put that way, but it does make a lot of sense. I'm someone that when it comes to trying to figure something out, like I try to exhaust every resource I have in front of me before I actually ask folks, whether it's like 
trying to look up a help document or contacting support or whatever the case mm-hmm. is like i'm trying to do that at least first step of research or investigation before i flag other people um mm-hmm. because i find nine times out of ten like i if i don't even figure out 100 percent, like i have an idea and then i might just like go to someone that like a boss or whomever um to kind of confirm my findings versus me yes. just going right into it but that still is like a lot less of a lift on their end for me just be like to confirm xyz right so Mm -hmm. definitely agree there um something i would also say is um to embrace other roles in a company so for example um like when i started out in tech like i knew i wanted to work at this specific tech company and they weren't hiring in marketing nor was i really that experienced like i was pretty well fresh out of school still Mm -hmm. um but I had been working in roles, like a copyright role, as I'd mentioned, right out of school, which was just for a summer contract, basically. And then I ended up working in a sales role. Um, But then I saw that this company had sales roles open. So naturally, I applied. I'm like, okay, this is my foot in the door to like if I am to be successful, which I was in getting that role. But also, like, it was such a great way for me to understand, you know, the language of, you know, how we were talking about the product and how marketing and sales are working together and you know how that could be useful and then i basically just started kind of digging my claws in a little bit more i was like oh like notice that the blog hasn't been updated in a bit um would you folks be interested in having someone from the sales side kind of write some sales content that you can use whenever and then eventually Mm -hmm. when the time came um normally they would have an intern come from outside of the company but then they were like they saw my interest and like my willingness to learn and contribute even though I was on a different team entirely so when they asked me if I wanted to come over to their team and and learn nice. from them first hand, right? go you thanks girl thanks um <laughs> but yeah That's the true. point is like even if you don't start out in the role that you're hoping for it doesn't necessarily need to be something that deters you from still trying to get into that company and still seeing every role as a learning opportunity especially if you're trying to go into marketing because as you've touched on like there is that chance to still interact with so many different departments when you're in marketing. So even if you don't start off on marketing, like you're probably going to work with them at some point or understand mm-hmm. what they're doing or how they're presenting, you know, your company or your product or your service or what have you externally. So it's still something that you can learn from and even just having those contacts on the marketing team, folks you can sit down with, grab a coffee with, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's so great to just have that chance. So. I would just say be open to other roles that you still feel like you would enjoy doing, of course. Like, I'm not saying to take any role, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> use that as a way to to learn and grow within that organization that you might be interested in. Yeah, so. I really like that. Thanks. Hope it works for other folks. It was great for yeah. me. Learned a lot. So Yeah, definitely. Me too. It, it's always interesting just starting in a, in a different role, even if it's in the same team or just trying mm-hmm. something that's so out of your comfort zone yeah, it's always yeah. really hard really uncomfortable it's such a learning curve but it's always been really worth it for sure and then likewise too you might even end up in a different role and you might actually really enjoy it a yeah or b you learn a lot and you might be like this isn't the path i want to go down but you've still taken something from it or c it teaches you you might want to abandon abandon that organization or that type of role entirely so either way you'll get something from it I think. Yeah, like I think it's a common pers- misconception that mm-hmm. like a lot of people choose where they want to go and they know exactly what they want to do. Like I didn't know I wanted to 
do marketing. I didn't yeah. think I was going to fall into growth marketing. Before last year, growth marketing like wasn't really a big thing. Like now it's a huge thing. Like teams are kind yeah. of sprouting from everywhere. I, I see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of goes back to the point of like, just take note of what you like in your role, what you don't like in your role, what you would want in your next role, what you don't want in your next role. It's okay. kind of like the same thing as relationship mapping. Kind of make a list of what you want, what you need, and what are non-negotiable don't wants. <laughs> um, yeah. And then just like take that and stick to it. You don't need to accept everything that kind of comes your way. You can be picky. Definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely. That's awesome advice. I hope folks take something from it. I feel like you got really deep. I love, <laughs> I love sharing stuff like this. It's it's fun to share your experience, especially when it's not linear. I hope it helps someone. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I think even the point of getting this podcast going was to show that folks that obviously we value the word of execs or VPs, directors, everyone mm -hmm. like that. But it's nice to know that even though we're kind of still in the middle range of our career path, that we still have learned so much and that we can share that with people and kind of pay it forward. So yeah, yeah, it feels great. Last thing I want to know from you yeah. um, is I'm not going to ask you what, where do you see yourself in five years? Cause that's kind of corny, but <laughs> you know, as of today, where do you hope to take your career? Hmm. I don't think I have like a specific place where I can envision myself in five years, but I think I, generally know what I want out of it mm -hmm. and I think this will change every year every role I'm in every company I'm in um I think I just want to be in a place that I can see the value in my work mm -hmm. I can feel fulfilled and challenged on a day-to-day -day. yeah I'm always learning I think when you stop learning that's sort of when things uh, take a dive for the worse definitely um, I'm always bettering myself and I always have other things outside of work um, because it's pretty easy to get caught up with your identity at work, but mm -hmm. work is just a part of your life. So I think finding a place where I can incorporate all of those things into work, into having a good work-life balance, that's really where I want to be. I want to be working with smart people, surrounding myself with the smartest people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I want to be. Really vague, but just in a good place where I'm always moving forward. I like that. I yeah. think it's good that, you know, you're being so open to things. And because as we're noticing, like everything is changing really, really quickly. And, you know, as we were saying just now, like growth marketing, it's really starting to blow up. But even in three to five years, there might be a new type of role or a new iteration of this type of role that comes out. And it's like, oh, maybe I want to give that a shot. So I think it's good that you are being open to what's next and that you just want to feel fulfilled and and have that balance i think balance is very important more than ever yeah actually yeah never so that's awesome all right well thank you so much for joining me today i obviously enjoyed this conversation as i enjoy all of our me conversations too. i love this Good. all right well thanks so much thanks for having me my pleasure my pleasure